Hey listeners, it's Andrea. Today, we hate Barkley, and we also feel bad for him. And we ask the question, what the F is a swirl damper? Stay tuned to find out. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today, we're talking season three, episode 21, entitled Hollow Pursuits. This episode was written by Sally Caves and directed by Cliff Bull. It's Stardate 43807.4. The Enterprise takes on a load of special tissue samples for NAMI 4, which could contain an outbreak of Corellium fever. I got to be honest, that hit a little too close to home with COVID. I was like, uh, did it? I thought you were, I thought what you were going to say was, wow, we're back in season one. Because every other episode of season one was a okay, virus. I did think of that. That was my initial thoughts. I do have more to my synopsis. A new engineer, Lieutenant Barclay, joins the Enterprise, but his professionalism leaves something to be desired. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Initial thoughts, Cherise. My initial thoughts that I wrote in my note was, cue the eye roll, not a Barclay episode. <laughs> Um, which is usually how I feel about Barclay episodes. You know, we as super fans all have our characters that we love and adore and watch all of their episodes with so much affection. And we also have characters like Barclay where Mm -hmm. we're like next, next, you know, but I have to say after watching the episode, it's not as bad. It's actually not my God. It's actually not a bad episode. Same. I thought the same thing where I was like, Damn it. Now, now the Barkley saga begins, but really I just ended up feeling so sorry for him and just being yeah. like, you can't control, like there's a scene that we'll get to where he kind of opens up to Jordy about yeah. the like lifelong struggle he's had. And I, w- I remember audibly last night going, Oh, <laughs> as I yeah. was watching. So I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be hating on you so much Barkley. I guess I'm just used to enterprise crew, like kicking ass and taking names. And he's like, I don't, I just don't fit in. Mm-hmm. Now, sorry, I mean, he's I'm probably thinking- like one of the most beloved characters. I mean, we we've, we've asked our guests before who they love and no one said Barclay except for your husband. Yeah, but I would <laughs> out say of sympathy, though, <laughs> I, but I would say out of the fact that he lasts the test of time for this entire TNG series. But and he comes back and in Voyager. Voyager yeah. And DS9, times. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about DS9. I think, um, he, I think he does. I, I read a little like thing about. Barclay. And okay. I think he makes maybe an appearance or two, but yeah. And he's on so occasion, beloved. Troy is with him or like they're still friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that he's a recurring character shows that he's very relatable and he stands out because, you know, when we had Garrett Wong, the actor who plays Harry Kim in our, in our clubhouse space, um, he mentioned how he was never able to really bust out his acting chops because he had to spend so much time saying shields are down and just like kind yeah. of this exposition stuff. And I feel like Barclay was put on the crew just for the simple fact of being able to actually act. There's few there. There are times when he says stuff, but because he's kind of stammering through it and whatever, mostly you're focused on his emotions, on his acting, right? On him being mm-hmm. nervous, on him being out of place, on him feeling weird and yes. uncomfortable. You're not really listening to his whole like, well, if we just modify the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I could see. Well, you we know, need Jordy. That's that's what you get Jordy for. He's going to reverse that polarity and you'll be fine. Like that's, <laughs> that's, Jordy's going to do it and he's going to do it well. One of the things that Gene Roddenberry was lamenting about Star Trek is that 
everybody just fits together like puzzle pieces right from the get go. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, that's kind of your fault, Jean, because <laughs> you sort of demanded that of your writers right, that like right. nobody have any conflict. And right. so you sort of are lying in the bed that you've made. But he said he wanted a character that just didn't fit in, like no matter how he tried, no matter how hard anybody else tried to like mm -hmm. include him, he just didn't fit in. And I thought that's way more real mm -hmm. than everybody just being like super professional robots. Great friends, no matter what. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're ex-lovers, but still great friends who want yeah. the best for each Tasha's other. Tasha's best buddies with Wesley. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's probably, she would probably be nice to him and cordial to him, but they wouldn't be having like friend conversations. They wouldn't be besties. No. Wesley would be obsessed with her and in love with her because she's Tasha Yar. Come on. Yeah. Aren't we all though? Aren't we all? Yeah. And, and Tasha would just be mildly annoyed with him. Like that would be realistic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a little bit of trivia, just one little bit before we jump in. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that this was a thing, but this episode was nominated for an Emmy for outstanding achievement in hairstyling for a series. I was like, that's a thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense because costume music. So hair. I always think of hair and makeup together, but I guess hair mm -hmm. is a thing and makeup's a thing. And, you know, last week's episode was also uh, nominated for an Emmy. So this show is picking up those accolades. Right. Or there weren't a lot of options. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember 1990s TV, but like that's okay. <laughs> there's well, a, there's nothing about this episode where I was like, whoa, look yes, at that hair. Okay. Okay. Hair. Only at the very beginning first scene was I like, wow, Deanna's hair looks so great and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's fucking hair was the same. Uh, I guess yeah, the holodeck and Picard holodeck. got like a wig. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I, uh, maybe that's why. Maybe it's the holodeck because everybody did have different hair in the holodeck. But besides that, it was just like you could see those people with the same haircut today, the same hairstyle today. Like yep. nothing about that was was Barclay's hair was Barclay's hair. Yeah, I was like, OK, mm -hmm. um, all right. So this episode opens with a very sexy Deanna Troy, like strutting into 10 forward, by the way, her hair, her earrings, her dress. So gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So gorgeous. I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, who is this? And she struts into 10 forward and kind of goes to a seat and you <laughs> see this man at the bar and he's sort of, you know, undressing her with his eyes. And Guinan is like, I don't want any trouble, <laughs> which is so not something Guinan would say. She would just bust, she would just bust out the phaser rifle. Like, you know, there would be no, like, mm -hmm. I don't want any trouble. And he's like, why would you want any trouble? And she's like, because wherever you go, trouble follows. And the man like saunters over. First time I watched this, I was like, who, who is this guy? What? What's going on here? What's going on? Okay. Yeah, I, I wish I could have rewatched this from the eyes of someone who's never seen this before, because this is a brand new character being introduced yeah. to the crew that they don't do that very often. And when they do introduce a new character, you know, for season one, it was always a new chief engineer who was gone by the next episode. So, you know, they don't last and this character lasts, which, I mean, they kind of tried this with, um, I want to say Selena Gomez. What was her name? <laughs> we'll just say Selena Ensign Gomez. Yeah. Yeah, whatever her name was, Serena probably. But um, she she was like a new addition that they kind of sort of tried out, but she didn't make it too long. So this is probably what Barclay was. That was situation here as well. Like, let's yes. try out this character. And like, if we don't like them, they'll just be gone in an episode or two. But mm -hmm. um, this character definitely stuck around. I did not remember what it was like to watch this, not knowing who Barclay is. So as it started and he's just like, yeah, why do you think that? And he's just all like confident. And yeah, you're like, okay. 
there's yeah, something wrong here. He's basically like Wild West Barclay. Yeah, and I was like, he sure is. I was like, um, I'm gonna say this is the holodeck already yeah. because this man <laughs> is just not only is he confident, but he's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, it's guided. Like I always get mm-hmm. so excited. It's like an old friend who comes yeah. to visit whenever I see Guinan. We get good Guinan in this episode. And I love that Guinan is never overdone. You know, as a good side character, when it's overdone, it gets old really fast. And Guinan is just not put in so much because she's never so integral to the story because she's not an officer. She's not, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. she doesn't Except have like a yesterday's enterprise and, you know, like times arrow. Yeah. Where it's and like, even then she wasn't her. an officer, but yeah, exactly. Those times, like you need her because of her, like her intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But otherwise she's just, you know, like the bartender, but she's so good at it. It's so great. Yeah. So Barkley is drinking some synthahol whiskey and Jordy storms in and he's like, you're on duty. Like you should not be fucking around in 10 Ford. Like, what are you doing? And I love that Barkley's like, why don't you get out of my life? <laughs> Which I that was such a 1990s thing to say maybe because I was a very young kid at that age and that's the kind of shit I saw on tv so I was like get out of my life like anybody who was mean to me I was like why don't you get out of my life I thought he was going to tell Jordy to make like a tree and leave I was like (laughs) why don't you make like a tree and get out of here yeah oh my gosh Biff that is not how you say that. <laughs> yes, that's what I was going totally to say. In the holodeck, Jordy would say it right, but in real life, he would say it wrong. <laughs> oh my so gosh, true. that's hilarious. <laughs> and he gives Jordy like the teeniest little shove, and Jordy is like, wah, and goes flying into a chair and topples over. So I was like, all right, something's wrong. He shoves him with like his fingertip, right? Like it's yeah. not even all the fingers. It's like four hand. fingers. It's not even a palm. Yeah, it's like a four finger <laughs> shove, and Riker goes, Flying Jordy. across the room, or sorry, yeah, flying. falls into the ground. He's like all humbles the table. over a chair. <laughs> oh my gosh! And you're and like, of course, huh? Yeah, Riker's like, this is insubordination. But see, but seeing that happen to Jordy still felt like maybe this could be real, right? Because yeah, Jordy, this has happened to Jordy before, where he got shot up <laughs> by the pack lids or just tossed around by the, you know, inside of the turbo lift because yeah. of some electricity <laughs> monster, <laughs> or like when he got knocked out by Data's grandpa. Who's just yeah. like knocking people out left and right? You're I mean, right. Data's like Jordy's always getting his butt handed to him. So you're kind of like, that could be true. That could be true, right? But then Riker's standing by and he's like, hey, you can't do that to my friend. Yes. <laughs> and notice that Barkley stands up and faces Riker and he's the exact same height as Riker mm-hmm. because it's the holodeck and he could be whatever he wants. Whatever height he wants. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, is Barkley as tall as Riker? And he puts Riker in a chokehold and he's like, if the captain wants to come see me, tell him he can come find me. Himself. He lean, you know, of course he shoves Riker aside and Riker's like yeah. struggling to catch his breath. Jordy does the most hilarious, like sideways <laughs> run out of he 10 forward side and runs out the hallway. No <laughs> yeah. one called security at any point. Nothing. It's just like, I mean, Guinan's just sitting there sipping her cocktails. Just yeah. like, I knew there would be trouble. I told you I didn't want trouble. And yes. Like, what is going on right now? Yes. Okay. And for me though, because I knew, you know, I knew it was Barclay and it was the holodeck. I was just like, wow, this character is actually a lot more interesting than Barclay himself. I just thought like, what what would the ship be like if Barclay was this guy? Like, obviously he couldn't be on the cast for too long. He would be like a one episode kind of dude, 
but he would be like the outrageous Okana. I was just about to say that. Oh, super fans. I was just about to say that when you said, I was like, wait a minute. I know what that would be like because we've seen it. Yeah. Super douchey. But Okana was. I'm glad they didn't go that way. Okana was very cavalier, but very charismatic and liked by a lot of people. Like he was very roguish and charming. This Barclay is just an arrogant dick. So it's like, Mm -hmm. meh. But. (laughs) <laughs> all, while all this is happening, Deanna and her sexy blue dress are watching this. And she is like the epitome of 1990 turned on woman written by men. She's mm-hmm. licking her lips. She's like <laughs> heaving her breasts She's a little bit over. Yeah. Crossing mm-hmm. and uncrossing her legs. I was like, okay. Barkley then leans into her with the most intense lunge I have ever seen in my life. Have you, <laughs> did you notice that? All this time, I thought he sat down next to her and leaned in and he just threw out a leg and did like a runner's lunge. Man, and runner's lunges are hard. These these actors are in some good freaking shape to fit in those costumes. You know, they have to be. Okay. When I was in college, I took a fencing class um, because I love like physical activity and it was super fun and I learned a lot and the lunges were like the best part because you like lunge and you get your little foil in like further you know into your opponent's face but like I tell you what my legs were so sore I was like looking at that lunge that Barkley did and I was like woof that's a fencing lunge right there <laughs> I was like go Barkley yeah no kidding and he did that lunge for a while for that scene you know like a solid yes, you he know, did. couple minutes but yep. to film you know two three minutes of film that could be like two three hours yeah of recording so good on him but yeah, yeah he leans into Troy Who's just like, wow, you're amazing. And Troy says she can feel his confidence and his arrogant resolve. And I was like, what the F? And like- then she followed that with, it excites me. No, girl. <laughs> False. So this is what I thought was interesting about that is I was like, wow, okay, so this is what this is how Barclay sees women, maybe just Troy, but probably all women that what they really want is the literal opposite of him, but in all the bad ways. Mm-hmm. So they don't just want confidence, which she said, I see your confidence, but yeah. they want arrogance, right? Arrogant resolve. Oof. They want him to be arrogant. They want him to be just beating people up left and right for no reason, because they looked at him funny. They want him to be this, this total like cartoon, dick. cartoon, superhero, bad guy kind of thing. It's like cartoon anti-hero. It's like, yeah. Uh. Yeah. And so I thought that was like really interesting that this is his viewpoint of women and what they really mm-hmm. want. And yikes, if that's what you think women are about, yeah, then you are, um, if you attract that type of woman, that's going to really suck because yeah. that's all, all kinds of unhealthy. <laughs> yes. All of that. It, it is many flavors of unhealthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. And we do see later in the holodeck when um, Beverly is in there too. She's also kind of just this very like nurturing, subservient kind of role. And it's like, yeah. Ooh, yeah, this is how he, mm-hmm. this is how he views male, female relationships as like the ideal mm-hmm. and just how like it, it, for me, it like deepens the like sadness I feel for him that it's like, Oh, you are just so like misguided mm-hmm. and like mistaken. Mm-hmm. Now he goes in for a kiss, but before they can kiss Barclay is summoned to cargo bay five. And he tells Deanna, like, this will have to wait. And he goes to leave 10 forward and he saves the program and walks out. So it's like there we fully revealed that he's in the holodeck all along. All right. Because even if you'd just seen this for the first time and didn't know who Barclay was and what his like issues were, you'd be very confused. (laughs) Yes. There'd be a lot of things going on where you're like, 
Jordy's getting his ass handed to him. Okay, as you pointed out, <laughs> the Possible. Dana's grandpa thing. That poor man's chiropractic bill must be off the chain. That poor I think man. Starfleet has really good health insurance. So he's they probably must- fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you need like a full-time like podiatrist, chiropractor, osteopath. Like Jordy needs all of it, all of it. Um, but then Riker but, putting in a trope yeah. hold is like, <laughs> yeah. And then, no, and then Deanna not being alarmed by this. It's like, okay, so something's different. So yeah, he was in the holodeck and the next thing we see they're in the car, they are in the cargo bay. And by they, I mean, Jordy and Riker and like this other engineer and they're working on some problem. And Jordy's complaining to Riker about Barclay and how he just kind of sucks in general. Like he's never on time. Mm-hmm. He, he like doesn't stick to his deadlines. Like he just, and he, he also well mentions, he mentions that he only does the bare minimum. He doesn't work very hard. He does the bare minimum, right? He's not wearing enough pieces of flair to put it another way. Yeah. And I just thought, wow. Um, a couple things. One, it sounds like you never see Jordy being upset about anything. I mean, we saw him in last week's episode where the ship was basically dead in the Falling water yep. next to a star that was about to go supernova. And Riker and Picard are both breathing down Jordy's neck when he says there's 20 hours I need to repair it. And they're like, you've got two. You know, and he's just like, all right, get out of my hair so I can work. You know, yeah. he's not even getting yes. frustrated or frazzled in that scenario. But yeah. here he's legitimately upset. This is what makes him upset. He's got all this other stuff to worry about. Never bothers him. But this is driving him See, bananas. This is, this is what he values, though. Like, Jordy's life is this ship engineering team so far. And, you know, his love affair with Leah Brahms in the holodeck. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lives for this work and anybody who doesn't take it as seriously as him could take a hike in his opinion. Yeah, And it's not just him. It's everybody on the enterprise because mm-hmm. this is the effing flagship. Everybody yep. who works here works super duper hard. And Jordy, especially we see him uh, in the first episode and encounter at Farpoint, I believe Picard mentions Jordy's work ethic, or maybe it's later. I don't actually remember when, but at some point Picard mentions how he offhandedly said something to to Jordy about the engine efficiency, just kind of making small talk. And mm-hmm. the next day he found out Jordy had stayed up all night changing yes. the efficiency to make it even better because that's the kind of work ethic that he specifically has. Like he goes yes. above and beyond 110% because he's on the effing flagship. Like this is yeah. why he's on this flagship. Yeah. You're the chief engineer like of the flagship. Like Right. And he earned that. And mm-hmm. so to have somebody on his, on his crew that like, not only are they not the best in Starfleet or the most amazing and whatever, but yeah. they can't even do more than the bare minimum. Like they can't even do the bare minimum. They're showing up late. That makes me question how he even got this posting on the Enterprise. How Which is what I was wondering here? too. And they talked about that later because they were wondering the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, they're just kind of talking and Jordy's just like, I, I can't, like, I can't with this guy. And Riker's like, all right, I totally understand. I hear you. And he's like, yeah, broccoli is like really annoying. And Jordy's like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, Wesley started that. It's kind of like a funny little insight. Yeah, Riker, Jordy said the broccoli thing. Yeah, Riker was like, what's that now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. Riker said it. Well, in either, in either case, um, it's it. They're like, ha ha ha, and um, <laughs> and as they're t- and you know, Riker's like, all right, maybe we need to talk to the captain about Barclay because this is not, this is just not working. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay. So as they're talking. Barclay comes in <laughs> yep, and then immediately <laughs> turns right and tries to hide behind some cargo <laughs> yeah. to sneak around the room so no one could see him. And so he gets about so, one foot behind the cargo and yep. Jody's like, Hey, okay. <laughs> so a like, couple, couple things. 
Were you trying to pretend that you were there all along, Barclay? Like they had to summon you, number one. Number two, <laughs> it's kind of hard to sneak quietly into a room when there's only three people in the room and those cargo bay doors are loud as hell. <laughs> it's like there's three people in essentially an echo chamber with loud doors. Yeah. And one person is facing said door, like, <laughs> which he didn't know when he came in because he was on the outside. Love that he just tried to slide in. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was really funny because it would have been better for you to just come in like a normal person and be like, I'm sorry, sir. I apologize. Let me get to work. But instead he comes in and hides behind cargo, but he doesn't do a good job hiding. So they're like, Barclay, get out here. So he has to come back from behind the cargo he hid even behind. Even when he's hiding. Have you seen his face when he's hiding behind the cargo? He doesn't even look sure that he should be behind the cargo. He's like, I guess um, maybe I'll, this is, uh, and they're like, Barclay. And he's like, uh, what? <laughs> he's, he's not even committed to the bit is what I'm saying. Like, Come up with a plan, Barclay, before you, okay. <laughs> so, you know, Jordy is like, okay, I just need you to get to work. I don't know where you were. And just, just, just get to work. And Riker actually kind of pulls Barclay and he sort of stops him in his tracks. And he's like, I'm tired of seeing your name on reports and like mm-hmm. issues. This is the flagship. I don't know how you got here with like this subpar, like, you know, I don't know what it was like in your last posting, but this is the enterprise. And I was like, woo, woo. I felt like, you know, when a band is like, hello, Los Angeles. And you're like, woo, woo. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel like he said, this is the enterprise. And I kind of minorly celebrated as though I was on the enterprise. I'm like, that's my ship. Oh no, wait, I'm just yeah. watching this. I had literally just watched <laughs> that. I mean, I, I just written that exact thing in my notes of like, what is he doing? He has to step it up. This is the enterprise. Mm-hmm. And then Riker's like, Hey, I don't know what you did at your last post, but this is the enterprise. And I was like, yeah, okay. So they, we are, we're all on the same page here. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, sir. I'll, I'll do this. I'll do it. Yeah. Sir. Oh, Barkley. So, so far our analysis of him is that he sucks. Um, and we'll get to know more, but Riker and Jordy, uh, sorry, Jordy and Barclay and the rest of the team, they're working on this sort of like anti-gravity unit to transport this mm-hmm. medical tissue sample supply. Which is basically like a dolly, but it flies. And that's super yes. cool. It is super cool. But also, do you need it to defy gravity to transport? I didn't know. <laughs> like, it's, the, they're already, the the tissue samples Maybe. are already in these little containers that are sealed. Like, what Maybe you... wheels are kind of, are kind of annoying if you've got hard terrain. I don't know. Can't you just beam it to where it needs to be? Probably. I mean, that's the, age, that's the age old question for everything, right? It's like, yeah. why do you guys walk from hall to hall in a big crisis? True. Emergency? Can't you just be like, pew, sight to sight, yeah. baby. True. But this anti-graph thing kind of slips and one of the containers falls off and it leaks, you know, tissue sample. By the way, those cool containers that they've got mm-hmm. to put the tissue samples in, that prop was basically, it's a um, buoy that is used by the U S Navy. And those are the containers that they use to store the buoys in to transport them. You know, How, it never occurred to me that buoys were stored in containers. That's what I thought. I was like, aren't they just kind of, I don't know, packaged up in some, but yeah, I guess so. Cause it's very sensitive equipment, you know, like the, all these like different gauges to detect all these different things, you know, that whatever the mm-hmm. buoys are detecting. So it's sensitive equipment. So it needs to be carried how they got something from the U S Navy. I don't know, <laughs> but I was like, that's pretty cool. Maybe they were fans of the show. Yeah, maybe. Um, So they're, they're trying all these different things, but like so far it's kind of failing. And Jordy's solution for this failing anti-grab device is to go to Picard and ask him to get (laughs) Barclay off the ship. He's like, I can't work with this guy. He 
doesn't do shit. Like, mm-hmm. ah, poor. I feel really bad for Jordy in this episode. Yeah. He takes his job so seriously. And he's with this, for lack of a better term, nincompoop, who mm-hmm. seems to like kind of know what he's doing, but doesn't want to actually put the work in to do it. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. And here, you know, Picard starts by saying, wow, it's I'm not used to seeing an unsatisfactory report um, about anybody on my entire crew. Like this is a this is like a first for me. This is new. And um, and Jordy's just like, you know, Jordy and Riker are like transfer him off. We're done. And Picard's like, you know, it's really easy to transfer a problem. Like it's a little bit too easy. I'm going to mm-hmm. need you to just try harder instead because this is what it means to be a leader. And and Riker says, you know, maybe that maybe in Picard saying he's got all these great recommendations and commendations and all this stuff from all these other ships. And Riker's like, well, I wonder if they were just blowing smoke because they wanted to get rid of him as well. And so they're just like, oh, yes, he's so great. You should definitely take him to get him off of their ship. And Picard's like, well, as far as I can see, he's got great marks. And Jordy, you just need to step it up as a leader. So that's going to be what I'm I'm ordering you to do. Become mm-hmm. his best friend. Get to know him and help him. And Jordy was like, like, best friend. Yeah, that's a bit far, sir. (laughs) Also, (laughs) let's not hurt Data's feelings. (laughs) Also, when is Picard taking this advice? He was super annoyed at Wesley. He was like, I don't like kids. Get off my bridge. He wasn't like, but I want to see your potential. Until the traveler said his potential. Like, you need to see his potential, right? (laughs) So I guess maybe he's just giving the traveler's advice back to Jordy. But in any case, this is what Jordy has to do. You can't just transfer people because they annoy you. You have to try. And he's like, I have tried. He's like, you have to try harder. And he's like, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, very sad. So Jordy's like, okay, I'm going to just. <laughs> so he walks out with his head down. <laughs> with the sad Charlie Brown music. Yes. And, and then invites Barclay to his senior staff briefing. Yeah. To be like, yep. I am extending this olive branch. And Barclay's just like, why? Why are you inviting me? Am I supposed <laughs> me? to present? Why do I have to be there? You know, he's like, no, you j- just come. You don't have to just, present anything. You know what? And yeah. I really appreciate Barclay in this point of being like, what do I have to do? Because I've been in that situation many, many times where I'm invited to meetings that um, I was not scheduled to be at. And I go, okay, so do I just have to like show up or is there anything I need to bring or prepare? And I've had people tell me like, no, 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 just show up. And then I show up and they're like, okay, Sharice, go ahead and present X, Y, Z. Like that has happened to me before. Oh, dear God. Which is why I started asking that question. Like, that do you so just need me to up. come? Or do- yeah, this was back when I worked at a job that I no longer work at because it was awful because they kept asking me to do stuff like that. Um, but then I learned my lesson, like just always carry a file of reports everywhere you go because you never know <laughs> when someone's going to pull you in and be just- like, Hey, we you know, want you to come by and also give an entire report about X, Y, Z that's happening. And you're like, uh, just so. always have a rundown on hand so you can talk about it. If you're on the spot, first you of know all, how I am, I'm like Jordy. So I work super yes, hard. So to not be prepared do. to look like I'm not prepared is like, you know, anathema. So I'm like, okay, I, you know, I have everything together. Like you need <laughs> me to come to this sudden meeting. I'm just going to get every single thing I've ever done and put it in a thumb drive. So it's ready. And yeah. Oh my gosh. So I could see Barclay's like, I could feel his pain at that moment when it was like, why, why me? Why am I coming? What do I have to do? Nobody just come, just show up. Just, just come, just show up. And he does show up pretty much on time. Right. Jordy's like, where's bit late? He, he's like eight seconds late for the meeting. So it's like, okay, I, that's fine. And Jordy is just being so 
nurturing and like supportive. And I was like, this is a good Jordy that I like to see mm-hmm. where he's being more human. He's not just this like super engineer that like at the last second saves the ship at every moment, but doesn't have that much of like a human side to him. Mm-hmm. But this was, this was nice to see where he's like, why don't you just tell us, you know, what you, what you're working on right now. Like you're doing great. And Barclay mm-hmm. is so nervous he kind of brings everybody up to speed on the anti-grav device for the tissue samples and some different issues. And he's like, well, I did think it might be this or it might be that. Yeah, and Jordan, fucking Jordy's Wesley. Like, <laughs> Jordy's like, you had some great ideas. And he's like, and Jordy's like, do you want to share those ideas? <laughs> oh, oh yes. Yeah. Um, and then there's yes. another eight seconds of silence before he's like, well, uh, uh, okay. And I, and, I, and, I, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> we are yes, not very I mean, kind to him yet. So. Well, I, you know, I, we, we talked about this last week. People talking slow drives me bonkers. Yeah. And he wasn't talking slow. He just wasn't saying anything. He said so many words and none of them were complete and no, just, no sentences. He was just so flummoxed, poor guy. Yeah. He was like, I maybe if I'm, uh. So Wesley, in his attempt to be helpful, like suggests that Barkley may have made a few mistakes in his analysis. And like, have you tried this? And Barkley's like, no, no, I did try that. And I reversed this. And he's like, no, no, that wouldn't have worked. If, you know, and Wesley is just jumping in to try to be helpful. And I do love that Jordy points out Wesley's here because he's shadowing engineering team right now for his yeah. training. Cause yeah. I was like, what are you doing here, Wesley? And it's that like, was my oh, yeah, first no. question too. When I was like, um, <laughs> didn't you say this is senior staff? What's this? What is he doing here? What is this? Like, he's yes, not he senior in the ship a million times, but yeah, he's not senior anything. He's not even a senior said, in high school at this. Literally <laughs> not. He's not, he's a junior. Yeah. So yeah. We're like, what is going on until he's like, Oh, he's shouting. I was like, okay, that was a good explanation. They should have done that all the times that Wesley randomly showed up to places. Absolutely should have. Absolutely should have. And uh, you just see poor Barclay is just like deflated. He's it just out there trying his best. Painful to watch. It is painful to watch. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And he goes to talk to Counselor Troy, which I thought was really great. But he's talking to Troy in a very like confident, angry way. And I was like, oh, we're back on the holodeck. Okay. All right. Yeah, I thought he was actually seeing Troy. Like, I thought he was actually in her quarter, like in her, not her quarter, office. her office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, good, because he needs, you know, he needs Troy because he needs to work out some of these issues with another human um, because him staying inside his own head is not working. Not at all. But then as they keep talking, Troy gets up and tries to make out with him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> we're back in the holodeck. <laughs> This is not a Troy type deal here. (laughs) One of the things I do like about what Barclay is doing is very humanizing to me to watch Barclay kind of relive this argument that he was having in his head and act it out because Mm -hmm. haven't we all wanted to do that? That's what I would use the holodeck for. Somebody pissed me off or somebody got like the better of me in some situation and I freeze up and I don't say anything. I'd go into the holodeck and react that out with the ending I wanted. (laughs) Like there, yeah. I, you know, because that's what I just do that in my head. I don't even need the holodeck. <laughs> I just redo it in my head, and I'm like, okay, that's better. <laughs> well, that I thought was kind of humanizing. Where he's like, "Who do you think you are, Wesley?" He basically mm-hmm. did the get out of my life thing again. And mm-hmm. although the scene place t- takes place in the holodeck, it's the first time we see Counselor Troy in any kind of like private practice therapeutic mm-hmm. setting. And I was oh, like, hey, this is the beginning of like now. Most of the way through season three, yes, for Troy to be a counselor. Yes, she's not trying to hypnotize him or any of that crap that she did in season one (laughs) with a little like spinning wheel, like a little black and white pinwheel or whatever. Like, no, this is linguistics or whatever else she was doing. Oh, god, no, no, but yes, she is now in like this therapy setting, Mm -hmm. 
Um, and also, yes, he starts making out with Troy and he's like, this is good, but I want a more exotic setting or something. And he transforms where they are into this, um, like forest clearing and mm-hmm. Troy is now the goddess of empathy. And I was like, okay, there are so many things wrong here. Mm-hmm. How dare you use a peer's image to act out these sexual fantasies that you have? Mm-hmm. How dare you? I later in the episode, the crew does kind of come face to face with their holodeck doppelgangers. Counterparts, yeah. Yeah. And they are furious. I would be too. I'd be like, you do not use my image for yeah. no. Yeah, I no. would be, I mean, that's what I wrote in my notes in all caps. Like, I would be furious if I ever found this out. Now, to be fair, mm-hmm. people do this all the time. People fantasize about all kinds of people, celebrities, people they work yeah. with, whatever, you know, spouses of their friends, I'm sure. Like, that's just, you know, that's mm-hmm. imagination. And if there's no action behind it, it's there's no harm, no foul. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is just an extension of that. So if I never knew, I wouldn't care. But if I found out, I would be furious. And I yeah. know that it's just an image. It's it's not me. It'd be just an image of me. Just like someone, you know, taking a picture of me and doing weird things with it. It's just yeah. a picture of me. It's not me. But it feels like me. Like, yes. logic aside, I would be furious. Like, nothing in me would be like... And, and, you know, we've had this conversation before in our clubhouse room about, like, is this appropriate or not appropriate? And some people yes. are just like, I don't care. It's not me. Like, it's not my body. It just looks like me. I'd volunteer my body if people, you know, need some extra, like, faces in their in the holodeck or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I would not under any circumstances. Like this is no. my one thing that I have that no one I, else can have yeah. my body and my face and me. Like I, I'm not sharing that for your sexual fantasies or because you're angry. So you could punch me in the face or any of that. Like any of that. Not well, allowed. I think, I think a photo is very different from like a holographic character on the holodeck. It is different, but they both weird me out. No. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like somebody taking a picture of me and doing some weird stuff with the picture. It's like, as long as you don't tell me, but like, don't, I, I don't want to know. Right. Like it's just a picture. It's not me, but the holodeck character, I'd be like, she looks like me, talks like me, acts like me. Like this is no, this is not okay. Not okay. Um, so many things wrong here. And this is really the beginning of what we're seeing as what Sharice and I have called uh hollow addiction. That's like, this is kind of the first sense that we get. We're like at the, at the beginning of the episode, it's like, he's just playing out this, scene for fun but then we see him like back there again and then again another time it's like buddy you have a problem like yeah and this is an addiction tells him that like i think i think jordy calls it hall addiction um yeah but he says like you could write the book on this man later on when he's like comes to get him from the holodeck and he's just like you're you're in it again why do you keep going back to the holodeck mm-hmm. but it makes sense because he cannot express himself he can't express himself in the real world so he goes somewhere where he can because he still has a human need to express himself and whereas most people in Barclay's situation would go to their quarters and stew mm-hmm. and talk to themselves he has technology to be able to act out all of his fantasies and frustrations and everything else now we're in Tin Ford and Jordy's having drinks with his senior staff and Wesley sure yeah and sure. Jada okay um, so they're just hanging around having drinks and yeah. And I thought basically is- everybody is invited, but broccoli. <laughs> yeah. And I thought this is very, this is so Trek that everybody's such good friends that they work together all day and then go have drinks together. And I was just like, this doesn't seem realistic because they're like a team. They work together all day. Yeah. Like, it just becomes too much. Like I need to hang out with just, other people. Yeah. You just need, yeah. You just need a, a change of scenery just so that you keep your sanity. But in any case, they're all having drinks and Jordy's explaining to Wesley, 
um, what he did. And I really appreciated that he did that as a leader where he was like, Wesley, like what I'm trying to do is bring him out of his shell. And Wesley picks it up immediately because he's quite yeah. bright. He's got a really high EQ. And he's like, oh, I shut him down because he says, I thought we were I thought we were supposed to give ideas. I thought we were supposed to talk about different points of view. And Jordy's like, which is exactly fair what you're supposed to do. But specifically with Barclay, I was trying to get his ideas out of him. And Wes mm-hmm. is like, oh, I shut him down. I totally, you know, I totally blocked him. I feel really bad about that. And then he calls him Broccoli. And um, then, you know, they're they're all kind of going around saying, oh, poor Broccoli. That does suck for Broccoli. Man, it must be really hard for Broccoli. So they are empathizing with him, but also making fun of him at the same time. Yes. And Data picks up on that. And he's just like. I love his response in this yeah. moment. Yeah, he's he's a little confused because he's like, why why are we calling him something that's not his name? I don't understand that. And Wesley's like, oh, come on. It's a nickname. And Data's like, but a nickname is something that friends do because it shows like closeness. Yeah, this is using it. Yeah, affection. This is using a name that that derides him. So is it really a nickname? <laughs> and I loved like, that. Yeah, I loved that because he was like, yeah, it denotes affection. And something between friends that you can do in not behind their backs. And I love that. Cause I was like, yeah, you guys are being mean girls. Like you're being mean girls. And they totally are. And Jordy's like, you know what? That nickname stops right now. It's the captain's orders. Cause earlier when he went to complain to the captain, um, they, they called him broccoli again and they were like, oh, you know, it's a nickname that Wesley came up with and it kind of stuck. And Picard was like, well, let's get that unstuck right now yes I, like, I love that he says unstuck <laughs> yeah get that unstuck right now it was like oh yeah yep and I've, I've actually heard leaders do that before where they've come in and just brought the hammer and be like no we're not doing that we're not treating somebody that yeah. way and I know so appreciate it they were being so mean it's just that's For no that's reason. not kind it's just unkind yeah because they were annoyed now, but they didn't yeah. have to make make fun of him as a no group. <laughs> definitely no not as a group no um now as this is happening one of the engineers um Duffy lifts his glass. Yeah. Duffy lifts his glass and the glass is like leaking out of the bottom. He's like, what mm-hmm. the hell? And then the glass, I don't know if you noticed, but it's like worked around where mm-hmm. his fingers were. So on one yeah. side, there was like a thumbprint and then his fingerprints on the other side. And they're like, retro, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take that glass to engineering. And they're like, it seems like some unchecked kind of like a radiation or power source or some something. Some unknown power source has melted it. Yeah. Has melted in the shape glass. of the handprint. Yes. And I love that we get this little tidbit of information about the ship. Jordy's like, oh God, now I have to like analyze this problem. I'm going to have to check all 4,000 power systems aboard the Enterprise. I do not think he was exaggerating. He wasn't nope. trying to be like, it's going to, it's, I have to look at like a million files. He was like, all 4,000 need to be checked now. Yeah. I was like, dang, you guys have 4,000 power systems aboard the Enterprise? Holy crap. I yeah, was, I mean, to make a ship I love fly that. in space at warp power and also feed people with replicators and also have, like, That's true. water reclamation and who the heck knows what. And Jordy's in charge of all of it. That's so dope. Yes. <laughs> it's just Go, so Jordy. Cool. Go, Jordy. Go, Jordy. Yeah. Him and his team uh. of four. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Plus Barclay, who, like, hardly works at who all. So, yeah. like, yeah, who's basically, like, a handicap for Jordy. He's like, now I have to work double time because fucking Barclay. But now... Suddenly this glass that's melty appears in Picard's hand where he like snatches it out of like Jordy's hand. And it's like, oh, now they're on the bridge. And Barclay's like, well, I could check the system and I'm like, hopefully I can reroute the blah, blah, blah. 
And Captain says, very good. I look forward to your report, Mr. Broccoli. And then it's just dead. Yeah, he's like, like Mr. Broccoli, <clears throat> Barclay. Yeah, he's like Mr. Broccoli, like, Barclay. Yeah. <laughs> and poor Barclay's just like, uh, okay, I'm going to go now. <laughs> yeah, and I, so I would be surprised bad. if he even picked up on it or noticed because he already thinks nobody even knows who he is or if they do know they don't like him. So I feel like he's just like, was just so uncomfortable being on the bridge. All he was thinking is like, get away, get away. You know, he wasn't even present enough to be offended. But you see everybody else around Picard, like kind of smirk because they're like, you're the one who said not to use that nickname. Yeah, and now you you're told using us the to nickname. unstick it. Yep. And you totally. got it stuck. And Data starts to explain away why Picard accidentally made this mistake. And it's just hilarious. Like, I laughed out loud how Data's like, oh, well, that was so quite great. usual to transmute the O to a U and blah, blah, blah. And Picard <laughs> just looks at him and then Data, like, stops talking and looks over at the panel and gets really interested in whatever's going <laughs> yes. on. Yes. <laughs> that, to me, was so great because this was exactly what you do when you embarrass yourself where you're like, I'm going to suddenly become very interested in tying my shoes or whatever. (laughs) I was like, Oh, data's data's gaining his humanity chips. Like a little bit at a time. It was pretty funny trying to be helpful. And then immediately is like, Oh, this panel needs a lot of attention. Yeah, let me <laughs> let me just look over here and stop talking right now. Which is so not data in season one, because in season one, data just rattles off facts like ad nauseum until, until, until someone people says, stop him. Yeah, until he gets stopped. But here he was like, <clears throat> I thought that was great. So in the next scene, we see Jordy back in 10 Ford and he's having a drink because he's trying to relax. And also he's Barclay's still driving him crazy. And he's talking to Guinan. The and real ship's counselor. The real ship's counselor. And I don't know what he's expecting. I think he's expecting Guinan to be like, yep, just like everybody else he's talked to. He expects him to be like, yep, Barclay's the worst. He sucks. Why is he here? He should be transferred. And Guinan does none of that because she never does that. And she will never do that. That's not her style. She's not a mean girl. No. So he's just like, you know, and I noticed that Jordy said that Barclay's now his problem. And earlier he told his senior staff that Barclay's his project. And I was like, at no point is he thinking of Barclay as a person. Yeah, his problem and his project. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, he just does not fit in. And Guinan says, you know what? The whole idea of fitting in repels me completely. And it was like, yep, that sounds like Guinan. Like Guinan's just not. I having love it. that. She's not, she's not having it. She's not. Okay. A common turn of phrase is to um, that people say a lot is expect the unexpected. And I hate that phrase. Because if you're expecting the unexpected, then does it mean I can expect the expected then? Because, yeah. you know, it's if like you expect it's, the unexpected. It's now expected. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's just, like, know it's, what you don't it's know. Dumb. It's yeah. dumb. Exactly. But Guinan is kind of the definition of expect the unexpected. You just never know what angle she's going to take. She's always going to get through to you and cause impact with her words. But it's never the way that you think it's going to be mm-hmm. or you expect her to do it. And she reminds Jordy, that like, yeah, if I felt that no one wanted me around, I would also be late and nervous all the mm-hmm. time, too. And yep. I was like, and I was yes. like hey, me too. Yeah. As yeah. She was talking, I didn't I didn't see anything she said coming. Like I could kind of predict that Picard was going to be like, no, nah, we're done with the nickname. But mm-hmm. I couldn't have predicted anything Guinan said. I was no. just like, yeah, I would be I would be nervous. You're right. Yeah. And then when when Jordy says something about the way that Barclay works or thinks or something, and Guinan switches that around and says, you mean he has imagination 
and there's no room for imagination in engineering. Is that what you're saying? That doesn't sound right. And he's like, well, I mean, there is, but like, which I love because later when he's talking to him, he says like, not everybody will appreciate your imagination the way I do. <laughs> just as Guinan's like yeah. dropping down the drinks and she's just like smirks and walks away. And I was like, yes, yep, another win for Guinan. Another takes the win w. for Yes. So she causes some impact and Jordy's like, oh crap. Yeah, you're right. So he locates Barclay. And she just leaves too. I love that. She just like drops the mic and she's like, excuse me. And just leaves See, and you're like, mm, yes. Okay. You know, you're in things, trouble, Jordy. <laughs> one of the things I really admire about a lot of people, especially someone like Guinan is their ability to, to cause great impact with few words. Mm. I cause little impact with way too many words. <laughs> that is something I don't particularly like about myself, but I love that she can say 10 words and everybody's like, Oh, wow. You know, (laughs) and I can go on for two hours and they're like, so what, what, what's your point? (laughs) Which I love that Jordy's like point well taken. So he locates, uh, Barclay who's on in the fantasy holodeck program again. And Dr. Crusher is this like 16th century, 17th century, like milk maiden kind of thing. <laughs> Wesley, the way Wesley's dressed, um, it was taken inspiration by a very famous painting called the boy in blue by an artist. Oh. Don't remember his first name, but le- last name is Gainsborough or Gainsborough. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically made that costume exactly like boy in blue, the boy in blue painting. Mm-hmm. And I love that he's eating a pie and he sees Jordan. He's like, what do you want? <laughs> That's really great. And Beverly's like, manners, my son. Like, (laughs) and and Beverly's like swinging on the floral swing. I want a floral swing. With this amazing dress. I love those dresses. As a seamstress myself, I can tell you a dress like that takes probably at least 10 yards of fabric, which to give you some idea, you can make a t-shirt out of half of a yard of fabric. Oh, I didn't know that. 10 yards of fabric is just like, mountains and mountains and mountains of fabric that's needed to make all that stuff under the dress to make it so fluffy. And those are just always ah. so pretty. I've always, I mean, I made a dress like that one Halloween, you but did. I've always, yeah, it was pretty cool. But, and that, that was like not 10 yards. Um, I've always wanted a big fluffy dress, but man, when I see the work that goes into it, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> it's just like, just to wear for okay. one scene. So they made that dress for that one scene and, and it's probably still in storage somewhere oh, yeah, in Hollywood. Somewhere. Oof. Yeah, no, it's, it's incredible work. And also, by the way, listeners, Sharice has taught herself to make clothes and so quickly and so beautifully, she's made me a dress. And the only measurements she got for me was I just gave her like a fitted tee that I had. And she was like, cool, that's all I need. And made me like a whole floor length dress, which was amazing. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. And then um, when I was rock climbing all the time, Sharice made me a chalk bag for my climbing chalk. That's R2D2 print. It's amazing. Sharice to this day. And now I've gone to the climbing gym twice since COVID started. And I was Mm -hmm. like, even post like vaccination, it was like, yeah, it doesn't still, it doesn't really feel safe yet. So I'll come back another time. But people are like, oh, you're the R2D2. That is the coolest bed. I'm like, yeah, my friend made it. Like it's, oh my God. It's so I, and I think we need to post your, um, doctor who Halloween costume. Yeah. um, Up on our Instagram costume. I sure do. Okay. It's actually you and me. Um, and yeah, I was at your house. Hermione Granger. Mm-hmm. I remember that. <laughs> so it's very not sci-fi, but Sharice made her costume and you were like 
what were you like? You were like, you I were was the, the TARDIS. TARDIS. Yeah. You're the TARDIS, but like Victorian era mm-hmm. TARDIS. It was just so freaking cool. Like we're putting that up there anyway. That'll yep. be up there. So Doctor Go Who check fans, it out. you'll get it. Everyone else, you're like, what the F's a TARDIS? No worries. Don't need to know. <laughs> it's just a dress. For you, it's just a dress. It's just so, a dress, but it's amazing. Check us out at the TNG podcast on Instagram and throw Sharice a like because holy crap, that was so impressive. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. So, all right, anyway, back, back to the show. So we're seeing this <laughs> glory, like these glorious costumes, which are so fun. And for some reason, the way that Barclay decides to degrade Wesley is to have him sitting eating pie, which is just, I don't get it, but it's really funny because it's like a whole pie. He's eating an entire pie. I think the boy in blue painting, he's eating eating a pie. pie. Okay. I think that's why. Okay. That makes sense then. Cause I was like, why is he eating a whole pie? Like, I don't get it. But anyway, he's got like half of the pie in his hand hand, and the other half in the tin in his other hand, like (laughs) he's carrying an entire pie around to eat it like a burger. I don't know. See, that's a cosplay that needs to happen right there. (laughs) Wesley Crusher as the boy in blue carrying around a fucking pie and just stuffing his face with blueberry pie and having blueberry all over his face. I would be mad at that because let me tell you, last time I went to Comic-Con, I think I spent like $18 on a bottle of water. So I would not be mad at someone walking around with a whole pie they brought from home. <laughs> yeah. That they can snack on anytime they want. Yes. And be like, line. this is part of my costume. So it's not outside food. It's yep. part of my cosplay it's a costume. It just happens to be edible costume. And I think that is totally <laughs> acceptable. So. Um, <laughs> well, they, so Jordy in this. Jordy is looking for Barclay. That's why we're in the holodeck. Actually. Yes. So Jordy's looking, looking for Barclay. He can't find him. And I was like, um, sir, you're not supposed to enter people's private holodeck time. You'd like knock and there's no knocking. There's no lock. Yes. Barkley wasn't on duty. He just, Jordy just happened to go over there to like, look for him to try to like be nice to him. So you just busted in on somebody's fantasy. Although I got to be honest, if I walked in on this holodeck program and saw my holodeck, like my holographic version of myself getting my ass handed to me in a fencing match, I'd be like, what the heck? You know what? First of all, what's going on? And second of all, how dare you? less upset if it was me in a losing my losing a fencing match yeah than if I was true. the goddess of empathy here to spread love and sex like yeah that would be like because that's so not me neither is a fencer but at least that's like non-sexualizing turning me into some plaything for your you know it's true. instead it's like a different type of violation that I would be a lot less mad at but still yes. mad because I'd be yes. like with the f you have a freaking holodeck you can create any people in the whole world in the universe yep. aliens anything but you chose me you chose me because you wanted to humiliate me and that's what would be like yeah. so that we would have piss some me off. stuff we need to talk about yeah this but is yeah jordy though it, he really is super cool about it and i actually do like i really admired his the way he handled it and i was mm-hmm. like i wouldn't have handled it that way but that's also because i'm a woman and he would have used me as his like sex doll yeah he sure would have he wouldn't have just like tried to you know humiliate me in a fight he 100 percent would have. Majority sees like what's going on. And you see this whole like fencing match going on between Barclay and the three musketeers, which are Data, Picard, and Jordy. Mm-hmm. And now they all have British accents for some strange reason. And Barclay's because accent the three is musketeers great. is is British. Sure, um, but this is also the holodeck. Yeah. Well. And Barclay is not British, but he's got an <laughs> accent and he's still wearing his uniform. He's not in costume. Yeah. Why so, did you just get in costume? Like you can you, talk about wanting to like disappear into a fantasy world. Like really do it right. And like, it, yeah. Get so yourself the, a holiday. So for me, the British accents, I was like, I don't get it. Like I get that three musketeers, <laughs> but I don't get this put together similar to the pie where I'm just like, eh, eh, eh. why the but pie? Anyways, 
but anyways, <laughs> so Jordy's just like, uh, you know, and Picard's like, who's that behind you? And, and Barclay's like, I'm not going to fall for that old trick. And then Jordy's like, him. And he's like, yeah. oh, somebody really is behind me. The and it's look my on Barclay's face, that is the definition of dying on the inside. That face is like, you're shocked to see Jordy there. And then the ramifications fall on you like a ton of bricks. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yep. yeah, it's it is bad. bad. I just bad. realized I was talking about fencing at the top of the episode and how he's got that fencers lean in yeah. and yeah. now they're fencing again. So this is a fencing heavy episode, I guess. But yeah, yeah. D- uh, Jordy is actually like pretty chill. He's like, hey, you know, like I've fallen in love in the holodeck. Like I get it. Like, it's, yeah, it's, you know, and he like, also says, okay. like and, you know, it's your private holodeck time. I don't care what you do in there. Yeah. And he said, also, the way you're using it is kind of therapeutic. Yeah. Um, so I think you're using it for helpful reasons, but I think mm-hmm. you could do a better job by just talking to Counselor Troy instead of going into this rich fantasy life. Yes. Like acting out your fantasies. And this is that heartbreaking scene where Barclay opens up to Jordy about how awful his anxiety is and how much it's impeded his life. Mm-hmm. And one tidbit that he says where he's like, I'm the guy who overthinks what to do with my hands mm-hmm. when I'm talking to people. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy who writes down things to say at a party, but ends up being in the corner all night, pretending to look interested while examining a potted plant. I was like, oh, this poor man has like a lifelong affliction. It's like um, Tam from last week's episode mm-hmm. who had this like lifelong affliction that caused him so much pain and distress and that's exactly what this is too. I was like, oh, these are the You're like right. mental is, distress episodes right this here. This is another kind of like mirror situation or parallel mm-hmm. situation where we've got these two episodes back to back that have yeah. a similar theme. And this one is social anxiety or not fitting in socially is like what yes. these two episodes have in common. And and Jordy kind of dismisses it and says, you know, you're just shy, which there is such a thing as shy, uh, but there's also such a thing as social anxiety and I don't think that everybody needs to be super charismatic. Everybody doesn't need to be Riker. No. Um, but I also think that both shyness and social anxiety come from this fear of rejection, from this fear of people won't like me, so I don't know what to do or what to be or how to act so that people will yeah. like me. Yeah. And that's the opposite of confidence. Confidence is like, I don't care what people think. And it's a really hard line to cross. Sometimes it's a really big chasm and, and Barclay already feels like nobody likes him. He's, he knows nobody likes him. And he's like, I'm just going to make this really easy for you. I'm going to request a transfer. So you don't have to transfer me. Um, and Jordy's like, no, you don't have to do that. It's not necessary. Yeah. Like we, and, I want you here. And Jordy shows exceptional um, compassion where he's like, nobody needs to know about this holodeck fantasy, but you and me, like, that's cool. Like he's very discreet about it. And I thought that was mm-hmm. great because in that like quote unquote senior staff meeting he's having in 10 forward and they're all bitching about Barclay, you know, he's just kind of spilling the beans about how annoyed everybody is at this man. But now he's like, it's, oh, it's, it's fine, man. Like just try to limit your time, like living out this fantasy, like go to, go to counselor Troy, get some counseling. I'm telling that as your friend and as your commanding officer. So it's, you know, it's an order. So it's an order. Take care yeah. of your mental health. That's an order. Yeah. And Barclay goes to Counselor Troy. So now, not in the holodeck, but in real life, we see her for the first time in a therapeutic setting. And Barclay is trying to be chill, but he is so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So uncomfortable. Um, Deanna, in her attempt to, like, chill him out, 
of course, not knowing that Barkley has this like massive sexual fantasy crush on her. Mm-hmm. She like dims the lights and sits close to him and touches his hand. And he's like, ah, and like kind of freaks out. <laughs> and she's like breathing through your nose and out through your mouth, which I used to teach yoga. And that is very powerful. It really calms your body down quickly, but he's like, ah, okay, great. Got it. Uh, Thank yeah. you so much. And, it is, and just beats so, a hasty it's retreat. It's so great. Cause she has him breathe like a couple times and she's like, okay, great. Do you feel better just to relax him so they could actually get into the therapy? But he jumps off the couch from sitting yep. next to her in this dim room. And he's like, wow, breathe in and out. That's all I had to do. Wow. This is awesome. Yeah. He yeah. Some deep like, and he's no. like, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And poor Troy is left like, what? What? He's like, she's kind of left- breathing. We didn't do literally zero counseling. <laughs> what is going on right now? Yes. Yeah, I, I equate the way that she's like, what just happened to when Beverly gets seen out at the end of her date with the doppelganger Picard a couple episodes ago. And she's like, what, what oh, yeah. just happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. oh, um, there is a little catch that I had. He was talking to counselor Troy about something that was going on in engineering at first. And Wesley, when they were in the senior staff meeting in main engineering had said that, like, you might want to check the flow capacitors to see if the, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. in therapy, Barclay says he's trying to like, he's having problems with the flux capacitor. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> the actor made a little slip up and references like back to the future, which had already been out by this time. It was like a huge yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. So I love that. I love that we get a teeny tiny accidental crossover back to the future and Star Trek. And no one noticed, or it wasn't big enough. It wasn't a big enough deal for them to go back and dub it like reshoot or anything. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was really, yeah. I think in situations like that, they just take it in post-production. They have the actor come in and say the right lines and they just layer over the scene. But still that takes a lot of time. So I guess people are just like, eh, Capacitor, flux capacitor at what Down point jordy says feet. swirl dampers and i was like the fuck is a swirl damper <laughs> so i saw this like documentary with um jonathan frakes who plays Riker, where he said in the script they would write out the story and then any place where they had to talk sciencey stuff they literally just wrote the word techno babble that's all they put yeah, in the sure. script and then they would come back when it was time to film and then add in stuff like flow capacitor and swirl, whatever. They just make up <laughs> stuff and just, just throw it in there. And that's why we hear reverse the polarity and nacelle so often. Yeah. That was just kind of their go-to techno babble to be like, we'll have to reverse the polarity. Like they just yeah. say the same thing, which I think is genius <laughs> because it makes it feel more like a world to me when they keep saying yes. words that I've heard before, even if it's not a thing. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Inertial dampeners, nacelles. Bring it. Dilithium crystals. Got Any it. Day, I got that. Every day. So yeah. while this is happening, while while um, Troy and Barclay are having the weirdest counseling session on record ever, um, the transporters start melting things. So now we know we cannot transport the tissue samples down to the planet, which we were planning mm-hmm. on doing, because now it's melting things. So it's like, all right, let's get Barclay on this, too, because now we're seeing that this issue is spread through other parts of the ship and we don't know what's going on. So. um they're on the bridge and they're, you know, doing their tests and scans and pushing buttons and whatnot. And Barclay's supposed to be there. And Riker is like, where, where's Barclay? And Jordy's like, oh, I'll get him. And he's like, doop, doop, doop. you know, like Jordy to Barclay or whatever. Barclay report to the bridge, Barclay, Barclay, come in Barclay. And there's no Barclay. And Riker was like, you know what, where is Barclay? <laughs> and the yeah. ship is like, he's in the holodeck. And Jordy's just like, whoa, like, I know what this <laughs> is. And Riker's like, you know what? I'm going to go get him. I have had it. 
And yeah. Jody's like, uh, I'll go See, with you. And Troy, you should come too. Yeah. We're going to need some back on this one. <laughs> if I were Jordy, I'd be like, you go on ahead, Riker. I'm going to take the next turbo lift. And then in the turbo lift, I would have been combating the shit out of Barkley. Be like, end program, computer, end program. <laughs> like, erase your, erase your trace, buddy. Erase your trace. Yeah. They- Jordy does try to warn Riker a little bit. And Troy, he says, I, I will tell you that Barkley's been running some unusual programs. Like he had planned to keep this just between them. Yeah. But now he's let it interfere with work again. Yeah. And now Riker knows. And Jordy can't watch his back. Like he's, he did this to himself. Yes. He so really he's trying to soften it by being like, well, the, the programs have been a little unusual to say the least. Right. So yeah, it's just like, I don't give a F what he's running. Like he needs to be at work, open yes. these doors. And he, again, there's no locks. So he just walks right on in this, uh, this scene where Riker and Troy particularly come to face to face with their holodeck counterparts and they see Beverly and they see Wesley is so cringy to me. Mm-hmm. I end up like watching it through like the little slits in my fingers as my yeah. hands cover my face. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be so bad. I love that. He made Riker teeny tiny and have a very high pitched voice mm-hmm. <laughs> that speaks volumes about how intimidated Barclay is by commander mm-hmm. Riker. And he's got that giant hulking, sexy, huge, you know, like tall mm-hmm. oak tree of a man kind mm-hmm. of body. And Barclay's like, uh, right away, sir. <laughs> you know? And I love that Deanna's is like, you are very tall. I imagine some people would find that really intimidating. And she mm-hmm. is just tickled by all of this. Right. Until- she finds tiny little tiny Riker funny. Yes. Until she comes face to face with the goddess of empathy and like sex and her face, Marina Sirtis did such a good job. Like the shock of being like, mm-hmm. oh, what is this? You know? And Riker's mm-hmm. like, belay that order computer. Do not delete this program. We yeah. need to see what this is all about. Right. Because <laughs> earlier when they first got into the holodeck and Riker saw all these characters before he saw little Riker, he was just like, you know what? Delete this program. And Troy was like, no, no, like you can't do that. This is for his mental health, blah, blah, blah. Like this could be a good outlet for him. Yada, yada, yada. This whole speech about how you can't delete the program. And Riker's like, this is against, this is against guidelines to have um, recreations of crew members. And I was like, Hey, it is. And then Jordy's like, sir, I don't think it is. <laughs> and he's like, Riker's like, well, it should be. It's going like, to be, oh. called, it's going to be called the Barclay rule going right? forward where it's 100%. like, you cannot make, yeah. Is, or the like Barclay the maneuver. The, yeah. <laughs> the Barclay addendum or something. Yeah. And I was holodeck like, rules. that answers our question. Cause you and I have talked about that a lot. Like, is that allowed or not allowed? And, and Riker's like, it's not allowed. And Jordy's like, well, actually it's, it, there's nothing against it. Like that's yeah, fine. It's not written. And then Riker's yeah. like, well, it's just tacky, which is true. You know, okay. You know true. how at zoos, they have signs that say like, do not climb into the tiger enclosure and try to feed it chicken while you pet it and ride it around like a pony or some shit. Mm-hmm. They had to make that sign because some idiot did that. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is now going to be a rule because Barclay has done this like violation against his crew members. Yeah. And now it's the Barclay rule. Yeah. That's the, that's the deal. So they finally find Barclay and he's asleep on Beverly's lap and Beverly's like, shh, 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 or whatever she's doing. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we see, everybody's walking out of the holodeck and Barclay is like, I, I can explain. Uh. And I love that. I love that Troy is so pissed. She's like, we have a lot to talk about, Mr. Barclay and leaves. And I was like, Ooh, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're in so much trouble They all, now. they all like march out of there. They're all, I mean, except for Jordy, who's just like, Ugh. You know, yeah. Riker is pissed. Troy is pissed. 
Barclay is mortified. Oh God. Um, and afraid yeah. as he ought to be. As now, he always wh- is anyways. Now, as this is happening, the ship is experiencing more and more of these issues and it's the ship itself starts to freak out and begins accelerating out of control. And they're like, okay, at this high warp, you know, it keeps climbing like warp seven, warp eight, warp Mm -hmm. 8.5, 9.2, whatever. Mm -hmm. The ship is not going to be able to maintain that for very long. And it's going to start breaking apart. Like Mm -hmm. structural damage is inevitable within like 15 minutes, which this for me was a question mark because we've seen the enterprise try to outrun the Borg going 9.9 and the Borg were still gaining. Mm-hmm. You guys can go 9.9. Why is the ship breaking apart at like warp 8.7 and 9.2? That to me, I was like, but why would your ship ever be able to go fast enough that it breaks apart? <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, I was like, your engine should never be able to be taxed so much that it like destroy destroys itself. Like that to me, I was like, mm. Yeah, we always have that that magical warp 10 that you can't go warp 10. You can't break that warp 10 barrier. Otherwise, who knows what will happen? And then we see what happens in Voyager and it's very weird. But you're right. In (laughs) lizard babies. Yeah, but you're right. Like (laughs) in practice, like if we have cars, even super duper fast cars, the fastest engine in a car can't go fast enough to actually break apart the car. Yes. From the force of the speed of the car. Like that will never be enough to destroy the car because it's built to be aerodynamic, like yeah. it's built to be able to handle any kind of air pressure or drag or anything. So that's, that's more of a good global question. Yes. Why could the engines ever go fast enough to damage the ship in any way ever? Yeah. Yeah. That actually doesn't make sense now that you mention it, but we know in show rules, it does warp 10 yeah. bad news. So they're, <laughs> they're creeping up to warp 10 and they're like, Oh no, we can't, we can't go to warp 10. And it turns out the anti-matter injectors have fused because we've been seeing this like unknown power source, just fusing stuff, melting stuff, doing weird things. So Picard's just like, Jordy, like fix this immediately. And I love that Jordy's with his senior team and he basically does his version of options. Yeah. Just like Picard always does. And yeah, I was like, he does. this is so fun yes. to see. I, I don't remember seeing this before. This is so great. Yes. And they, <laughs> they're bouncing ideas and Jordy's like, it can't be that because of this. It can't be this because of that. And Jordy throws out like, and I've already recalibrated the swirl dampers. They're fine. And I was like, what the F is a swirl damper? That is the least techno babble, techno babble I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> swirl dampers. No, Jordy, that's not a thing. Anyway, they but- ran out of words. They had, he had so many, so many things to say during this whole speech. <laughs> have you tried the blah, blah, blah? I haven't tried the blah, blah, blah. Have you tried the other blah, blah, blah? Like they had so nope, many words. No, the swirl dampers are fine. Like, yeah, yeah. It's too many things to come up with. But so Barkley makes this very unlikely suggestion, um, which works is that one of the engineers, one of them like could be a link between all of these malfunctions. Cause he's like, if we go by the most like parsimonious and like question answer and like, potentials for what this like causes, none of them make any sense. So now we need to like, think of something that maybe doesn't make obvious sense. Yeah. We've already checked all those other boxes. Yeah. He's saying it's, it's maybe not something systemic. Maybe it's something that's like point by point. It's causing these issues. It's not some big situation as they're talking, like, keep in mind, we only had 15 minutes when they started this conversation. So every minute that they talk, I'm getting more and more anxious. Talk faster because you yes. also have to come up with a solution and you have to enact the solution. Yeah, so, you have to implement like- <laughs> it, you guys. It's going to be a minute. Let's go, people. But yeah, Barclay has this, <laughs> has this whole thing. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense because um, Duffy 
had picked up that broken tissue sample earlier. And, you know, maybe he got some stuff on his hands, which is why the glass melted around his handprints. That's what I was thinking. And so then Barclay says pretty much that same thing mm-hmm. of like, well, maybe it was Duffy because he touched the thing. And, and then they were like, well, what about it's happened in the transporter room too, but only in transporter room number three, not in any other transporter rooms. And then they were like, well, again, you know, O'Brien happened to be there. Why was he there? You know, he's got nothing to do sometimes. So he was there and he had helped Duffy pick up that container. So it was like, yeah. well, you two have it on your hands, whatever it may be. And then they're like, what could it be? And they, and, you know, Wesley helps them figure out what the chemical is. And they're like, let's see if the chemical is here. And then we can, if we figure out which chemical it is, we can neutralize it. So now we're in an action movie and they're like, da, 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 da. Yes. And they're running to the canisters. 100%. Although they're not running, they're walking calmly, which also irritated me. Yeah. I was like, you the- guys have about a minute and a half left before you're all dead. This yeah. is the time to like site to site transport my friends at the very least run. At the Pick very least your pace. They should have been yeah. running. So then they get there, they open the container and they're wearing the dopest Michael Jackson glitter gloves. I've oh ever my seen. God. Didn't I you want love those. That? I want those. I was like, I, I was like, <laughs> where do I get glitter gloves from? Oh, they were so much fun. So they dip their hand with the glitter gloves in and they're doing this spectral analysis to see if that, um, what was it? Ivernium or something. Invidium. Invidium was there. And what was cool about that is they're just scanning with like light beams and it's like green light, red light, purple light, pink light. Oh, there it is. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like I like that too. Yeah. Um, but again, the only thing that bothered me about the scene when they're seeing if that chemical is there is I would like them to be a little more stressed out and I get that they're calm under pressure. They were so Jory effing calm. calm. Yeah. I was like, Parkley's <sighs> never calm. Like this made no sense. They were just like, Yep, we're scanning through the frequencies here. Let's see what we got here. Mm-hmm, we got a little bit of pink here. I'm like, what? You have 30 seconds. Yes. What are you also, doing? Scan also, faster. By the way, it's not. Yeah, scan faster, Beverly. <laughs> it's not as if they don't know how much time is left because the damn computer keeps like a countdown to their doom. They're like imminent structural failure in 16 seconds. Like, and they're like, pink light? No, let's try blue light. Wait, look, let's try pink light again. Maybe that was, it's like, what are you guys doing? Yes. And they find out like it is Nvidium. It becomes inert at negative 200 degrees Celsius because why wouldn't Barclay have that at the top of his head? And so they, you know, data floods the injectors with this negative 200 degrees Celsius liquid, I assume. Some other chemical, yeah. Yeah. And it fixes the problem seriously in the nick of time. The, the enterprise had like 10 seconds or less. Like mm-hmm. they were about to pop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they tried to do an emergency saucer se- separation, which they couldn't do because the plasma was being injected unevenly because the um, injectors were like all screwed up mm-hmm. and that would have just torn the ship apart faster. So they're like, oh, man, we can't even like save half the crew. Like we're Escape all like, we're all this together. See, Oof. this is what I wonder. I have never heard. In TNG, the captain say all hands to escape pods. They don't have escape pods on that big ass ship. Wait, does um, he say it? I feel... maybe in the movie. I feel like in some of the Star Trek movies mm. we see escape pods, but not in TNG. I like as a series, I don't think he said it yet. Ah. I, like I, I can remember them saying it in Voyager, and so I don't think he said it yet. So I don't know if it happens in TNG. We'll just keep watching to find out. But I do know that you probably don't want escape pods when you're going like warp nine point nine. Yeah, that's true. Escape pods usually like if your ship is like about to explode in place. Right. Kind of like a sinking ship. That's what the escape, yeah. the little escape buoys are for. Like the ship is sinking and you get on the little buoy and you like try to get away before the, the current. Yeah. The little lifeboats. Yeah. 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 The little lifeboats. Yeah. The lifeboats before the whole boat 
sucks you under the water. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's usually when we see escape pods used is when a ship is stationary and the other ships need to escape and then like go really fast and get away from something dangerous. But in this case, when you're flying through space at warp 9.9, I think escape pods might, might not work or like they could maybe May- escape, but maybe, who knows what would happen to them? Maybe, I don't know. But I also think because they're in space and it's a vacuum that you wouldn't have that kind of air resistance and like velocity, you know, it's like trying to stick your foot out of a car to break the car kind of thing, right? Like Flintstone style, but like, or throwing yourself out of a car while it's moving, you get really beat up and messed up because you hit the ground at speed. But like, if there's no ground, if you're in the vacuum of space, yeah, I wonder if they do, just shoot I don't think out. They escape pods. I think they do shoot out. And I think because of it's a vacuum, they would have the equal and opposite. Oh, like, you're right. Speed. Yeah, maybe they would just tear apart. Who knows? Well, I don't we think those inertial to... dampeners would handle that. I think no. we get a lot of a lot of pizza people. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. So luckily we never find out because they don't yeah. go to escape pods because I don't think they have them. And they <laughs> end up they end up fixing the problem in the nick of time anyway. So the ship is fine. The Everything's day like is saved. Yes, it is saved. We've got a season one countdown to destruction. We've got a season one virus. It feels very season one. It's like 15 minutes to imminent destruction. Six minutes to, oh God, I can't live with that. Let's try the green here. Nope. Mm -mm. Okay. Let's go ahead and switch (laughs) over to Four seconds to imminent destruction. Yeah. (laughs) So problem is saved. Day is saved. And Barkley next appears on the bridge and he says goodbye to everyone. And he's leaving the enterprise and they're like, you know, you're always welcome here. It was a pleasure serving with you. Thank you for your contribution. You're like, oh, like that's the end of Barkley. And then he says computer and program. And I was like, oh, he was saying goodbye to his like fake friends. Mm -hmm. That's so sad. And it was really sweet. At another point in the, in the episode, he had told Jordy, like everybody that I create feels more real than the people in the real world, except for maybe you. And I was like, oh, that's because you're sort of a friend now. And like, you're the only friend on the whole ship of like a thousand people. So now you're becoming more real than his holodeck mm-hmm. friends because you've actually engaged with him. Yeah. And that was really yeah. heartbreaking. And then he said goodbye to all his fake friends so he can actually live in the real world. And, date- yeah. and Jordy told him at the end when they saved the day, Jordy was like, I'm really glad you were here in the real world with us today. Like yeah. we needed you today. Yeah, it was it was his idea. It was his idea that saved the day. Yeah, I thought it was really sad when he was saying goodbye to his like fake friends, but also it was sad, but like bittersweet because he's growing as a person Mm -hmm. and he's like, okay, time to join the real world, which we find out later. Never quite that successful, but we see him again. I actually really do like the Barclay episode, the nth degree when he becomes like super smart. That's a fun one. That's a Um, good one. But some of the others, I'm like, oh, Barclay's back. (laughs) He's one of those people I feel really bad for, but also don't want to spend a lot of time with. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> yep. Do you have any final thoughts on this episode, Jerry's? Yeah, I think this episode's really interesting because it covers hollow ethics in the way, pretty much the only way that I'd be annoyed with hollow ethics is like yes. using my own image to do anything. Um, yep. But I also have to say it was a really hard watch because I could feel all of his anxiety just kind of oozing through the screen. Um, what about you? I mean, I agree with you. Yes, I I did enjoy this episode a lot more than I thought I would, um, which is also a theme from last week, too. (laughs) I thought it was going to be terrible and Tin Man Mm -hmm. was great. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, I he this actor does a wonderful job at like conveying his his feelings um, so that we do feel sorry for him. And when he lets us in on his struggle, you're like, oh, my God, you poor thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
One thing I will note is um, I took public speaking and I was on debate and stuff like that in college because um, I'm a super nerd. But the speech and debate like teacher, she did say the number one fear that people have in general is public speaking. And the mm-hmm. number two fear is death. And I was like, mm-hmm. Jesus, when people are so afraid of public speaking that like you fear that more than death. <laughs> like, so that's well, there's no rejection and death. Yeah, that's true. It just happens. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's absolutely like so sad, but I think it's really great to see like a very human character that isn't just like right away, sir. Yes, sir. I have brilliant mm-hmm. ideas every four seconds. Like mm-hmm. he he's, he's somebody who doesn't fit in, but don't we all not fit in yep. a lot of times? Like, yep. Ah, that's kind of sad. But next week we're talking season three, episode 22, the most toys with Sharice. I think that's yeah. one of your faves. It's definitely one of my faves. I'm super excited about that. Yay. That's a fun episode. Followed by like one of my least faves. So we'll have a great episode next week. (laughs) All right. Thanks guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye everybody. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at the TNG podcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.